First things first, as always, warm welcome to everybody who's joining us today for this MediaWorks Digital Masterclass. Um, we'll do introductions in a, in, a, in, a, in a moment, but you know today's session really is focused in on and how to succeed in the retail season through search. Um, we're delighted, we'll do introductions now actually, we're delighted to be joined by representative from Google today. Um, so I'll do my introduction and then I'll introduce Finn. So for those who don't know me, I'm David Norris. I'm the Performance Marketing Director here at MediaWorks and I'll be hosting this panel discussion today. Finn, could you introduce yourself, please? Absolutely, yeah. So I'm Finn McDuffie. I'm an agency development manager. I work alongside MediaWorks um, and and a, a handful of other agencies. And uh, I work. Uh, I've, I have worked previously with end clients. I'm about ten years at Google now. Uh, four years with end clients and the last six with agencies. And my role is really to help uh, MediaWorks and and other agencies to accelerate um, their growth with uh, with their book of business. Um, to put it uh, very broadly. Absolutely. And then Tom. Yep. Hi everyone. So I'm Tom Chandler. So I'm the head of paid search and shopping at MediaWorks. So I um, work very closely with Finn from a Google MediaWorks relationship point of view to for our clients um, and yeah, make sure we're at the, the cutting edge of all things Google and uh, marketing. So I guess today we're really excited to be delivering this session uh, because it shows sort of the collaboration between both MediaWorks and Google. Um, but it's going to give you hopefully some, you know, we talk about it all the time, actionable insight that you can take away to improve your performance and, you know, areas for you at least to consider going into what is going to be inevitably a, a crucial quarter for our businesses. Um, over 90% of all online transactions engage across search uh, within the purchase journey. Retailers that aren't prioritizing search look set to lose out to competition in what looks set to be one of the biggest on online retail periods. I think that we all know firsthand about the, the accelerated growth that we saw throughout last year. What we're seeing this year is still levels that exceed those. We're not seeing the, the level of growth continue, but we are seeing levels that exceed last year. So we do set look set for another record-breaking uh, online uh, period, if you like. In this digital masterclass, then, Finn from Google will join the paid uh, media experts, so myself and Tom, um, from MediaWorks to discuss a range of topics that we think all retailers should be aware of and then consider or be considering going into the crucial retail period that is Q3 for 2021. So, Finn, I'm going to come to you um, first on this and sort of, you know, from, from your perspective in terms of the big market piece, what are the key insights of market developments that, that you're seeing that retailers need to consider? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's a good, timely question. Uh, we're entering peak quarter now, so uh, you know there's a lot of energy and buzz in particular around this quarter. And for many of our customers, um, you know, particularly for retail, ha um, for retailers and retail heavy agencies, Q4 is really uh, you know their most important time of year and could define their success and profitability for the year. So it's now really m more than ever the time to step up and the moment for our customers. Um, to you know to, to step up as we're about 46 days away from black friday um although that's a bit of a misnomer because black friday you know we'll, we'll talk about this in a little while but it's more now than just about black friday and cyber week it's a very spread out period um and you're right when you talk about last year we 
it was a, a you know biggest peak season ever really in terms of retail and uh, with global digital sales we're growing by 50 percent to 1.1 trillion dollars and in q4 retail searches grew at a rate of um over three times higher uh, than the same time last year and as you've mentioned we're you know we're expecting um we're for- looking at e-commerce alone um forecast to rise 11 percent in EMEA. so uh, you, you know, we're looking at a very big um, at Q4 this year as well. And in terms of what happened l- last year, you know, as I've mentioned, their digital sales topped 1.1 trillion um, globally, and you know, the holiday period was no exception. Online penetration in the UK, in particular, just to take it out of the global, bring it to the UK, it um, increased uh, 48%, um, and uh, that was up from 32% in 2019. So, you know, we're, we've seen a, a, last year, uh, it was a bigger year, but also shopping started earlier. So as I mentioned, you know, it, it's less about just the, the Cyber Week and, the Black, and, and Black Friday, but also demand started much earlier. Uh, I don't know if you've, any of you have started your Christmas shopping yet, but uh, shoppers have uh, uh, tried to plan around the uncertainty that they experienced uh, last year and, and, and starting to, you know, to start, start their shopping as early as September. What we yeah, I, I think to come in on that thing, I think one mm. of the things that we've definitely seen with a, a, a lot of retailers and looking at sort of the, the search query reports, etc., is is just how early, for example, things like gifting uh, are being considered. You know, it's not it's not sort of you know just the idea of going out and purchasing lots of things on Black Friday for yourself because there's some fantastic deals out there. I think people are doing that that research piece definitely a lot earlier to look at what the optionality is and to to see sort of what the the potential options are but also and i know we'll talk about this in a second you know considering things like wider economic pressures etc it's about thinking about availability as well you know so making sure that they don't miss the boat because i think that one of the things that we definitely all saw throughout last year was was Things, certain things were in really high demand and we weren't able to access them. For others, it wasn't such a problem. And I think, you know, we'll talk about it, I'm sure we're in it in a few moments' time. But with some of the things that we've seen through this year, that's going to continue in my mind. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even last year, we saw that almost half of all the Christmas shopping that, 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 uh, that took place was actually completed before Cyber Week. And so we're really starting to see that peak is less peaky um, and, and we've seen this happen slowly and steadily over the last uh, couple of years uh, and last year was no exception so we saw demand start earlier but also sustain much longer uh, meaning that there's less of a spike in demand and what that means for advertisers is the necessity to be prepared and have some flexibility around you know what what sort of you know media investment or budgets are available and also in terms of assets and creatives and we'll talk about that a little bit later on in terms of what retailers can get ready to do and what 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 you know what you're working on as well at MediaWorks in order to prepare them um so we'll chat through some some of that as well later on yeah and i think um, i think one of the other things that we we've talked about is you know <laughs> And people talk about Cyber Week as the, the the sort of the be all and end all thing. And I think so when we've been talking about it, you know, we've talked it about you've mentioned it there about it being less peaky. And there is a lot sort of taking place, but it's it's really interesting to see, isn't it, that it's not just a day anymore and it's probably not even a week. Um, and I know you've got some views on that that we've been talking about recently in terms of planning with our clients. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. In terms of, uh, you know, I think UK consumers don't particularly know or even care, you know, when Black Friday is, which is interesting, you know, unlike in the US, we don't have a Thanksgiving to tie Black Friday to. So most consumers across Europe just expect deals to be available um, to them during November and and before that. And they're happy to spread their purchases across the period. So, you know, you might have heard of Fake Friday, which is the Friday before actual Black Friday, uh, when consumers are very conscious that deals might be available um, and more so than ever now with, you know, those macro factors like supply chain. We'll talk about that as well. Um, you know, I think users are more primed than ever this year to be shopping early. And, and that's the main takeaway here. So, uh, you know, we'll get to what to do with that shortly, but that's the market context. Okay. Um, and then, and then, you know, we talked about, uh, I think one of the things that we did want to highlight was the idea of, of sort of, you know, late shoppers and planning and planning for sort of consumer change, really. You know, I've seen a question that's came in, for example, straight away, um, which is, what are your thoughts, predictions on Black Friday shopping online versus in-store with the reintroduction of the high street following COVID? I think, should we come in on the data around that thing? Because I think we're already starting to see some signs of, of what people are doing, aren't we, in terms of that that search queries that we're seeing and, and the intent that we're seeing earlier in the process? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're we're, see, we're already we're starting to see that um, that peak emerge. So, the, you know, the volume of search queries is is rising. Every you, you know, you'll see it if you if you check uh, at Google Trends, for example, across certain key retail verticals. That, that 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 interest, that demand is already picking up, and that's exactly in line with what we would have expected and what we would have observed last year. And it, you know, it's going to to sustain. As I said, it peak sustained for longer. Boxing Day saw fifty seven percent growth. Uh, to previous years so we're actually talking from right now until boxing day so just to go to that point about sort of you know um late shoppers it's going to to sustain right till till boxing day um and beyond so uh we're starting to see that and we, you know in particular um you know furniture queries for example were at a consistently high um level uh, every weekend in january so certain queries will start seeing that peak continue right through and into the new year yeah. And I think for me, one of the things I would drop on is, is look, before, you know, forget the pandemic, you know, which we all could uh, for a moment. But, you know, even even pre sort of pandemic, what we were seeing was we were seeing that mixed mode um, purchasing. We weren't seeing, you know, it wasn't online, offline in the traditional sense. We saw a lot of, of retailers, a number of retailers that we work with having really joined up strategies and the understanding that sort of, you know, we talk about Black Friday online versus in-store. The reality is people have got more comfortable sort of purchasing online. We've seen different demographics mm -hmm. enter the marketplace with, who are feeling more confident about purchasing online. So I do anticipate um, it being quite a busy period, just frankly, all around. Um, I think we're going to see in-store visits increase as hopefully consumer confidence and, and we continue on this roadmap out, out of the pandemic. Fingers crossed, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're all hopeful of that. But as, you, as, you, as we've highlighted, I think we're seeing a number of the searches that we're seeing at such an early stage suggested people are still using search as they were pre-pandemic in the sense that it's part of that customer decision-making process. People are you know, wanting to discover new products, new opportunities, uh, and, and be driven really by online searches. So I think that we have to understand the role that both play. And if you've got a physical presence, great. If you've got an only online presence, then great. But 
you've you've got to think about potentially how those two areas really really merge together and come together nicely. I think one of the things that we can't overlook though, and it's a, this is a big piece for us, is is the competition that we've seen, Finn. You know, we we have seen the like, reality is we've seen things like cost per click score um, over the last eighteen months, um, mm-hmm. just generally across across retail. Primarily driven by yes, there's more people online. Remember, you know, Google, where Google operates, for example, it's an auction. So more demand, more competition means price goes up. So you know, you talked about it earlier, but the ability to be flexible for me is is really important. The idea of going into Black Friday with a really rigid budget is probably the, the actual the, the wrong way to approach it. It's rather see what opportunity you can get, what your your return on investment or your return on ad spend levels are that you can afford to go to as a business and play flexibly around that that piece because the ability to be able to, to, to pivot, you know, understanding the competition is, is absolutely enormous. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, you've, you've mentioned uh, about that new normal sort of bedding in um, and the use of online touch points as part of that consumer journey sort of becoming you know, normal, a, a habit that, that people have picked up. And it, it's, it's, it's definitely the case. You know, we've already started to see, for example, um, one in five UK gifters have already gotten a head start uh, and they've already um, started checking things off their, their shopping list. So this is actually a study that we conducted with um, Ipsos in, in June this year. And, uh, you know, nearly one in four very organized Brits have gotten a head start. And, you know, we see uh, a similar pattern in Australia and the US. So early shopping, it's not new to 2021. We also saw that for Mother's Day this year. And we noticed that people were searching for gifts um, on our platforms online again. So just to go back to your point, that sort of online is habitual. And we've seen that um, through the course of the year. Um, uh, you know, so it, it is something that's really bedded in. Yeah. And I think, as I say, we, we alluded to earlier, thing, but I, I know there's a string of, of sort of, you know, macro trends as well and macro issues that we've, we've talked about. You know, things like stock issues, we're seeing that, um, you know, with some of our clients in terms of them being able to access stock. And I think you you picked out really two or three big trends that you wanted to really highlight. Yeah, absolutely. So one of them is actually uh, stock issues, as you've mentioned. So, the, you know, the pa- pandemic is the prime long running cause of this. And, you know, combination of shutdowns and fluctuating demand and factories going on and off across different territories has made long ter- long term planning quite tricky and the result of that you know the stop start um supplies uh, has really rippled through the system for for the for the past while um you know when you you combine that with um, the, the Suez canal blockage in, in in march and how that affected um uh, global uh, uh, you know supply chains um that that was another area that uh, you know where some verticals may still be feeling a knock-on effect and we also are conscious that you know container shipping is is more expensive now. So there there are lots of macro factors that are feeding into um, the I guess the risk and the reason why advertisers might desire to start to to start early. And we'll talk about how this translates then to a marketing strategy using Google Ads because as I've mentioned, flexibility around budgets and bidding is important with that change in consumer behaviour, changing a change in in competition, but also if you know, if there's no certainty necessarily around stock or, you know, you might ha- have certain stock running out, having 
having flexibility around your ad text is really important. So the importance of responsive search ads, for example, which is a, for anyone who doesn't know is an ad format that can adapt based on the assets you, you feed it to whatever the user's intent or search query is using smart bidding, which is something we've been working on a lot together, um, David and Tom. So um, having that, 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 um, that flexibility to be able to bounce back to these, these, these types of um, stresses is really important. Yeah, I think I think it is, and we know that there's all the, all of those factors, and I think we're going to come on to that in, in, in a second. I think the question that's came in, which is really interesting, and Tom, I'm going to come to you on this actually, um, is how powerful are discounts during Black Friday period, and how can the big luxury brands manage this period? Yeah, I think that's um, a massive part as well to respond into how how competitive the marketplace is fundamentally I know that, that Finn's mentioned things like ad depth will have increased year over year um, so there are more merchants more competitors in the marketplace so the necessity to you know display your promotional offering is really important more so than ever and I think you know one of the, the big areas that we've discussed is looking at that almost that, that purchase journey that people go on um, often referred to as the, the messy middle that, that kind of we've, we've mentioned um, in previous podcasts um and, and that's like a really big part fundamentally for the Black Friday period. If you are like a luxury brand, a, a big brand, but also like if you are a smaller brand is being able to, you know, have that promotional offering is massively important to, you know, influence the, the consumer. Um, whereas perhaps before it was less as important. Now it's more important than ever. But from a Google perspective and kind of um, planning things ahead of that, you know, one part of it is the assets that you're using for the ads, for like the, the likes of responsive search ads. It's really important to make sure that, you know, you're including high quality assets, um, you know, as part of your um, your ad copy that's being pushed out there to make sure the message is, is conveyed. But from a shopping perspective, Google Shopping, um, things like merchant center promotions are really important. There's so many conversations that, that I've had with retailers where they look back on last year and realized a missed opportunity that they had that they could have used a merchant center promotion or perhaps how they were updating the feed to utilize sale price annotations wasn't being utilized. Now that's a, a you know a, a massive area that you know will allow businesses and you know retailers to get that incremental growth year over year or at least take advantage to the the maximum when we go into this peak period so um you know i think being able to convey that um promotional offering and what makes you stand out from competition is really important but to kind of you know go further on that how you're utilizing the features that google has through the likes of responsive search ads, through merchant center promotions, sale annotations, it's really important to make sure that there aren't any missed um, opportunities that you'll look back on and say, we could have driven, you know, X percent more growth um, year over year. Yeah, I think the other thing I would be highlighting there, Tom, when I come in, is things like delivery options as well. Absolutely. You know, I, always, I, I always think it's a real area that's overlooked, but the reality is now, you know, consumer demand expectations are, are off the chart in, in reality and it is the sort of thing that people are looking for so i think for me it's about understanding what that holistic promotion is i think for a big luxury brand one of the, the, the areas of nervousness is is hitting people with too big a promotion that devalues the brand and i understand that and i think that the, the way that you can offset that is by doing it in a really structured really considered way that doesn't feel erratic and reactive um, it's about being proactive and understanding you know, what your audience are going to be interested in. Is it, for example, the area you win on is next day delivery? Is it, you know, returns policies? Is it guarantees, warranties, et cetera, et cetera? 
But I think for me, it's about understanding what that promotional mix is rather than it just being a, a discount. Because I think that one of the areas that we sometimes get lost in is, is a race to the bottom and been thinking it's just about discount. It's just about being able to say 70% off on Black Friday. I think leading people up, you know, and again, not talking about Google here, but it's even things like using your email database and your list to warm your audience up into that period so that you're encouraging them online to go make those purchases. Doing something that can be quite exclusive, again, is another way to do it, you know, for discount codes, promotional codes, etc. So I think from my perspective, it's about thinking about that holistic the holistic piece. Yeah, I think one one final point on that, David, that, that I've um, been having conversations on, and it's, it's part of the, a really interesting part of the kind of consumer behaviour change is, is being dynamic with that. So as you know, there in terms of, you know, if it's maybe delivery focus or promotional focus, being able to pivot on that is really important. So things like Google Trends, retail rising categories that are like, um, you know, available resources of information is really important to make sure that, you know, you're not just having a strategy that never changes. It, it is like dynamic, sort of in line with the customer's um, behavior changes. Yeah, I think linking in with this, and I'll move on to sort of the next point that we wanted to talk about today was, we know we have seen a string of Google product launches or slash updates taking place in recent months. You know, it's one of the, regular conversations Finn, myself and Tom have on a weekly basis. But Finn, from your perspective, can you identify which areas you think retailers should be considering to really support that performance push into Q3? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, as we mentioned, like in, in Q4 already, we've seen this uh, you know, this this change in, 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 in user behaviour where, you know, there's um, it's the peak is, is beginning early and it's less peaky it's more more stretched out we've got higher competition as well and and so another factor of this is that 73 percent of growth in retail searches on google in the uk last year was actually from new or rarely searched terms so that this is another um uh, behavior aspect to be aware of in in all of the you know the, the factors we've just, just spoken about and what that does is really shows the scale of new online behavior. So as you mentioned, that new normal with online touch points as, as, as part of that and the importance of being set up to capture that emerging demand in such a rapidly changing environment. I mean, how can you capture demand for new or rarely searched terms um, profitably? And I think that's the question and that's what we've been discussing quite a lot, um, you know, with the combination, and I'll talk about it in a moment, but the combination of smart bidding, broad match keywords, responsive search ads, that's really, your, you know, a great formula for, 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 for dealing with this. And, and we see that increased focus that all of our retail uh, clients are putting on digital acceleration at the moment. So it's no surprise across the industry that we, you know, we have seen that step change in overall retail and brands tech and in their digital um, marketing um, maturity. So th just to talk a little bit, bit more about that generic searches in particular, they're, they're, um, they've grown three times faster than branded searches. Um, and, and that is looking at uh, H1 2021 versus H1 2019. So that, that's, that's huge. Um, you know, and we know that generic searches are, are more expensive. So, the, you know, the way to, and an, another point on that in gifting in particular, which is important for Q4, is that the proportion of generic searches reaches about 87% in the week prior to Christmas. 
and that's up from 76% um, at the start of July. So that really indicates a high level of exploratory consumer behavior throughout Q4 as people are you know, searching for gifts in the retail category. So the importance being set up for that is, is really paramount. And as I mentioned, the, the way to do that, and we've been working on this together a lot, is that to have smart bidding set up, smart bidding, which uh, you know, delivers the right bid for each query at the right price based on the, the user's um, uh, uh, in, intention or propensity to convert. Broad match then to find new um, uh, users um, you know, who are putting queries in that we've maybe not seen before uh, or emerging trends that we couldn't, that, you know, we couldn't predict. Um, uh, you and I as, as a human being couldn't predict, but that, that uh, machine learning can. And then responsive search ads, which automatically assembles for the user in that exact moment, the most relevant creative um, to help show the best uh, possible um, ad for the query right at that moment when the user um, needs it. So th this is really the combination we're talking about. We're, we're calling this modern search, so smart bidding, broad match and responsive search ads together. And that's a great way to handle this growth in generics and um, in, you know, in, in this shift in user behavior online. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that we've seen is is you know manual activity, etc., has has a place. But I think that you know, as you say, using the technology, using the, the products, using the tools that are available, definitely does allow you to, to adapt, to be more flexible, and and also allows you time to strategize. You know, it's one of the things that we'll often talk about. You know, allowing the Google products often to do some of the some of you know quite a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, whereas actually you can then take a step back and think, right, okay, where can we best deploy that functionality? Where can we best actually roll that out? Where was, where's, you know, smart bidding going to have the best impact? Is it cross count? Is it particular subcategories? Are there areas that you might not want to apply, for example, um, broad match modifier to? All of those big questions that in reality just give you the opportunity to to, to really sort of grow that marketplace and, and, and grow your strategy. Tom, I wanted to just come on to you then in terms of, you know, we've talked about ramping up and, you know, the idea that it's not so peaky. So actually what we want to avoid people doing is, is the idea of ramping up. But I think uh, going into uh, sort of Q3, we're in it now. But from our perspective, what what techniques should people be considering um, from your perspective in terms of delivering their Q3 objectives? Yeah, I think a really important point, as, as Finn mentioned, is the, the modern search that that is kind of what we are facing with Google at the moment, the kind of smart bidding, broad matching and RSA are kind of big updates that um, we have to factor in. So one of the, the big things with that is when we look at RSAs or, or broad match, um, we don't want to be doing any type of, you know, drastic scaling up, for example. Maybe when we kind of look at broad match, for example, obviously this is like an update that has come from Google and kind of the approach that we've taken um, many times, you know, when rolling this out with the account, is that test and learn process to gradually scale it up accordingly. So, you know, what we, you know, we don't suggest is obviously just, you know, overnight everything gets changed and that's when you do have that quite drastic change in performance you know the approach that we take is very much that that test and learn process that we end up getting to the same end goal of you know utilizing rsa's smart bidding and, and broad match but done so in a way that we are gradually rolling it out and, and scaling it accordingly that's ultimately how we are able to you know work towards granular business goals and being able to you know 
adapt to different changes that we see, take learnings from things that, you know, don't work and then apply things that do work to ultimately get them to be in a, in a better place. So I think for Q3, um, you know, for, for any type of trading pay that's really important is to have these kind of, you know, discussions, conversations about how we, you know, adapt and adopt these changes that, that Google are rolling out, but done so in a way that, you know, we understand the impacts they have on the business and how we can sort of, you know, get to the end goal of, of using Broadmatch, using RSA, um, you know, in line with best practice. Yeah, I think there's a massive piece, and we will talk about it all the time, is, is test and learn. Yeah. And I think and I think there are conversations aren't there very often with, with uh, Finn and, and representatives from Google is is let's let's roll this out, let's test it in this area and let's see the impact that it actually has and then take the learnings from that and roll it out into, you know, other areas of campaigns or an account. And I think that as you say, understanding what the baseline is where in terms of what you have achieved and then understanding the changes that you've made and the impact that they have is absolutely massive. Because I think sometimes it can just be, you know, Right, okay, we're just going to turn this element off and turn this element on. But the problem is you're changing potentially that many variables. It becomes really difficult to actually monitor sort of what has had an impact versus what hasn't had an impact. So I think from where, you know, one of the conversations, as I say, that we're often having with, you know, Google and our contacts there is, is that how do we test and learn throughout this period and actually, frankly, beyond this period? Because this is an iterative process. It's not a... You know, it's not a, a revolution. It's definitely sort of an evolution over a period of time. And I think that, you know, as you say, Tom, you know, aligning search and shopping strategies with business objectives, et cetera, using the intelligent data, intelligent data and the intelligent solutions that are now there is actually what's going to shift performance long term as well as short term. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't kind of stress how important it is to, you know, keep pace with all the updates that are, are going on. Um, in particular, the, the broad match element, I do think that's a, a really big update from Google. Um, and it's something that, that businesses need to consider the impact that has. Um, for example, if you don't adopt broad match, what you will probably see is sticking with just exact and phrase. You know, you aren't going to be able to capture those new searches that, that Finn's mentioned, those broader um unique searches and therefore that that does um you know it limits the performance that you're able to drive during these key periods so i think fundamentally make sure you have that understanding and then it's about how do you roll that out sustainably for your your business and account yeah i think the other thing for me coming on there though tom is as well it's about people understanding the key metrics within their business you know we talked about we talked about it earlier it's about understanding um, sort of minimum ROAS levels about understanding things like average order value, mar- you know, margin, um, what that actually means in terms of real margin um, from a retail perspective, yeah. you know, once you've factored in all of your costs, etc., and delivery, um, because that's what then gives you, in my opinion, that the, the sort of the outline in which you can operate, you know, it does it helps frame your activity because what, you know, I think one of the things that we're always keen to do is, is look at Right, okay, we've got a, a broad understanding of an account's perform, uh, account and how it performs and the, the objectives of the business. But then it's about, right, okay, well, how can we strategize within that frame? How can we actually deliver on that, you know, return on ad spend that we need to see throughout this period? How can we consider things like lifetime value? You know, we do a lot of work with a number of retailers who run products at, at we know that that it's not profitable in terms of we're selling those products and it's not profitable for the business if you consider it on, on a single purchase basis. What we do know is is we've got products out there, you know, everybody's probably heard the expression lost leaders, 
they're used as an introductory um, offer to people. And we know that when people come in on that product, they then go on and buy X, Y, Z, that actually means that over a lifetime value, because then they're coming back and searching for your brand. It actually makes a lot of sense, I think, from my perspective. It's about understanding that bigger strategy piece, if you like, the, the space in which you're playing, and then adopting the different tools, technologies. You know, we talk about it, don't we strategize within that to say, how are we going to put all of these pieces together to best actually deliver those results? I think, come on, Finn, sorry. It does. It, it's exactly what you've mentioned. It is goals based. So, you know, both both yourself, David and Tom, you've mentioned uh, it's about starting with the business objectives and the, the goals, you know, your, your, your the goals and conversions that you're tracking against. And once you've got a really clear picture of that and you're satisfied that that is an accurate representation of profitability for your business, then feeding that into the to, to Google Ads and letting smart bidding do, do, do the rest. And that's something you've been doing for, for, you know, for quite some time. But then this is the next step of that, adding broad match in, because with smart bidding, which is effectively guardrails, you know, smart bidding um, will inform the system, uh, you know, as to the propensity of a particular query to convert. And broad match gives casts a broader net. So it stands to reason that you would then achieve more conversions, casting that wider net and allowing smart bidding to decide whether to bid up or bid down, depending on that query's propensity to convert. And then having RSAs as well, as I said, to you know help that process along. Once the user sees the ad, they're more likely to, to go for it if it's more relevant to the query. So broad match and, smart, uh, broad match and RSAs combined with smart bidding, it, it, it's really the next step. It's about you know, you've, you've, you've done all this work, you've got your measurements sorted, you've got your, your smart bidding in place. Now it's about capitalizing on that. And what we see is 25% um, more conversions for target CPA and 15% more value for target OAS campaigns that adopt this strategy. Yeah. And, I, and it's just a question, it's a really good question that's came in. Um, and <clears> Tom, <throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this to you first, then Finn can, Finn can come in on the back of this. Um, was around that broad match testing. So we're obviously telling people to do broad match testing. Um, but I think the question here is, is what do you find is the best method to tell it if the test has been a success or not? Yeah, I, th I think one of the, the, the one of the ways that we've done it is within the Google Ads account, there are features where we can create an experiment to test that. So where we can actually A-B test the results um, that Google's found. So that's kind of a, a feature as part of Google Ads that when we are recommended um, to use Broadmatch, there is options obviously to create that experiment. That's the, the, the way that we've rolled it out. And it's, it ultimately gives you that chance to review the performance in three to four weeks to say, yes, I'm happy with that or potentially no, I'm not. I need to maybe revisit the, the strategy that I'm, I'm going on with that. So I think that is, is one of the key ways fundamentally that the features that is available within Google Ads to do that. The other side of it is make sure you understand your data so that you have benchmarks set out for the, the period that you're analyzing. So, you know, if you are looking to, to roll out Broadmatch, you understand the period that it's been rolled out on in terms of how you're going to measure it in terms of if it's a peer and period comparison or year on year, for example. I think the measurability is really important to understand and provide context to the, the changes potentially in cost per click and in volumes of, of traffic and impressions, et cetera. So that, that I think 
is that the two um, important ways, first of all, to utilize the experiment feature as part of Google Ads. So you've got um, an isolated experiment to actually roll that out. But understanding your data is really important. So you can actually provide context to the, the data you're, you're analyzing and, and reviewing. Yeah. Finn, is there anything you'd like to just add to that? Uh, uh... Not a huge amount to add. I mean, that's exactly correct. So there are a couple of ways to implement and test Broadmart successfully. And you can implement through the recommendations page, which would then upgrade all of your phrase or Broadmatch modifier keywords in the campaign to Broadmatch. And that's particularly good for advertisers who want um, to increase uh, performance with easy implementation without testing. But then, you know, if, if it is about testing, then you can create an experiment, just as, as Tom mentioned, an experiment with certain uh, keywords that have been upgraded to Broadmatch. And that's great for advertisers that want to test that, you know, and see the difference and evaluate the impact through drafts and experiments page. Um, it does require monitoring, so it's 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 uh, takes a little bit longer. Uh, and also, given that we're in peak season already, we're already in Q4. Um, you know, th there's there's lots to gain from applying this now. So you you know you you may want to test at scale, but you may also know that there are high volume campaigns that this will just work for right now, and you can apply from the recommendations page. Um, because we don't really recommend testing too much at this point, just before peak. Um, we're kind of short on time before the you know the real peak um, picks up at, at the end of October. So uh, yeah, there there are times to test, and then there are times to maybe trial the recommendations tab. Agreed, and I think uh, I'm going to lead, that leads us nicely onto the final point. I just always want to say that, that this is an area that that uh, Google and MediaWorks always always clash on is around Google always refer to this quarter that we're in right now as Q4. We always call it Q3 because of financial year, et cetera. So I just want to clarify that when Pitt's talking about Q4, he means the period we're in now, essentially between now and, and Christmas. When we're talking about Q3, we're talking about the exact same period between now and Christmas. So with that being said, forget Q3, Q4, between, you know, we, we can become a bit obsessed as, retail, as, as marketers and as retailers, on this period of time, the October to the end of the year uh, period, because we know that demand's really high, et cetera, throughout this period. And we know that so much of the you know, annual spend will actually be concentrated on this period. But I think that one of the things that we've talked about today is, is things that actually will set you up for not just this period, but actually beyond. So I just wanted to talk about things that, that you think people should be concentrating on now that really takes us through into into not just this period, but beyond that. Because, you know, for example, Broadmatch is here to stay, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, smart bidding's here to stay. So there's no point just thinking, well, it's something I'm going to do for, for this period right now. It's something that's going to set you up um, sort of longer term. So I was wondering if there was sort of three things from your side, Finn, that you would, you would be suggesting people to really focus on that, you know, now, but also that's going to stand them in really good stead longer term. Yeah, so there's plenty. And I, I might just focus on retail just for the moment, and then we'll look at other verticals as well. Um, so for retail um, in particular, I would just take note, first of all, of any key dates. Um, I know we've said peak is less peaky, but that doesn't mean there aren't still key shopping dates, like Singles Day, for example, on November 11th, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, 20, November 26th and 29th. So there are certain key dates that we should be um, conscious of, um, but also just to have that flexibility because depending on your vertical within retail, which, you know, th there may be uh, fluctuations in, in demand and, and some of the solutions we've talked through will help set you up for that. 
Another thing is getting your site ready for holiday traffic. So I can't tell you how many times, you know, unfortunately I've seen situations where either the site or the feed or inventory is just not, not prepared. So just having all that background um, um, stuff prepared and also uploading ads ahead of time in order to avoid disapprovals, this is really important because ads do take a bit of time to go live and to be to be reviewed, uh, particularly for any sensitive verticals, but just in general, because it is a time that a lot of advertisers are adjusting their ad copy. So that kicks a lot of reviews off and, you know, can take time. So, so you know, just just to set yourself up for 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 no disappointment uh, have the copy and creative ready you know about three or four days out from when you'd like it to go live just so that you can have it reviewed beforehand in good in good time yeah and then there's you know there's lots more um beyond that um there's you know getting ready behind the scenes so that's that's what i've what i've talked about um already but then planning for growth so making sure you have enough allocated budget that you have flexibility around that budget that the inventory and logistics are prepared to meet and capture that increase in demand that we've talked through. Um, the other thing that you might want to consider at this point, if you've not uh, already done so, is engaging new customers. So everything that we've just talked about might speak very well to um, existing customers, customers that are aware of you already, but you might want to explore, for example, other channels, YouTube and discovery campaigns, for example, with different visual formats, if that's something that's on your roadmap. If not, then focus on what we've already talked about and capturing that, that, that new base of customers through generics and, and broad match with smart bidding, which is a, another way to do it. Um, did you want to come in? Sorry. Yeah, and I just I was just going to say, Tom, what, what you know, and from your perspective, what things would you be suggesting? I'm conscious of time, so, you know. Yeah, I think a really big one, and David, we've, we found this and had these conversations last year, is you know when there's opportunity in the marketplace make sure you're capitalizing it when you can we saw um you know this the start of this year from maybe january all the way through to march april it was a challenging you know period whilst we're in you know lockdown again um and i think a lot of businesses wish they'd maybe invested more in in that kind of key trading period ultimately when their ROAS and profitability was a lot stronger. So I think one of the, the big things that I've certainly learned and from conversations we've had with businesses is to make sure we're capitalizing and making sure, you know, as Finn says, we, you know, we're putting the investment allocation, you know, ultimately we've, we've got that kind of set up and ready for us to spend. And we're not looking back thinking, I wish I'd invested more there. I wish we could have driven more revenue. Because um, I think that's really important, as you say, David, David, not to just look at Q3 right now, but to look longer term for the business because, you know, realistically, this next three months is really important for a lot of businesses. So, um, you know, that's that's a, a really key takeaway I have, um, in particular for the last twelve months. Yeah. You got anything else you'd just like to, to add, Finn? Just wrap it up. Yeah, um, another area that's really interesting is uh, a beta that um, uh, your your customers can get involved with through MediaWorks um, called Performance Max. And Performance Max campaigns are a new type of campaign format that feeds very much into this modern search narrative. So as I've said, in modern search, we've talked about smart bidding, broad match and RSAs, but there's still an opportunity to eke out even more potential um, searches that are happening or more, more, um, uh, more conversions through a Performance Max campaign, which takes things beyond search and actually is a goals-based campaign that you, you input a budget, a target, a territory, and you input um, uh, your uh, your goal your your goal target and territory, and then 
it off it goes and and that's something that you can start testing now ahead of uh, ahead of uh, q q1 or ahead of the the new year rather um because it's an area that uh, it's it's a type of uh, campaign that will be very good at, at eking out that incremental um incremental performance for you on top of the existing search strategies you've already got in place yeah no thank you thank you very much and i think it is i think it's a fair one in the sense that it's a good place to to finish really thin in the sense that you know really i think one of the big big takeaways for me is, is it's always moving this space yeah and we know it's dynamic and it's what keeps us engaged it's what keeps us entertaining because what what was happening last year is definitely not what what's happening this year not in terms of consumer demand and definitely not in terms of the products and the tools that and the, and the strategies that we're adopting a number of key principles definitely still hold true but i think mm-hmm. that you've got to go in with a really you know clear picture of what you're actually trying to trying to achieve and and really you know understanding all of the tools all of the products that are available and understanding really when to best use those um and, and be doing your research into sort of you know and the fact that you're on this podcast is a good thing it shows that you are sort of interested to learn more and you're really keen to take those learnings at the period but from my perspective it's just it's not standing still and it's not going to stand still you know in the next year it's not going to stand still throughout this period there'll be product launches new updates etc and i think for me it's just about having a really clear understanding of, of, of what's available what's out there but understanding that you know we always say these products and features and tools I'll, I'll take away some of them the manual heavy lifting pieces and actually the key is really to do that that strategic piece in the background and that's the conversation your agency should absolutely be having with you not talking to you about you know the search query results etc it's about right okay well what does that actually mean and where can we actually hoover up that intent if it's out there you know so i think for me absolutely yeah so i think five actionable takeaways we always finish on this um big one for me is is the, is the market's growing you know it's still growing um emea sales to rise 11 percent year on year you heard it you know you heard it here first um you know we're seeing that throughout the year so far so i think that you know from our perspective you know, be aware of the fact that it's going to be growth marketplace. There's still going to be a lot of uh, sales taking place online, so don't think it's going to, to, to fall back on itself. Number two would be um, have a plan, but be flexible to respond to demand. You know, Tom mentioned that earlier, Finn mentioned that, in the sense that when the demand's in the marketplace, get the demand, because, you know, what's the expression, one in the hands worth, two in the bush, etc. And I think there is an element of that where it's about sort of taking what's on, on offer because we don't know what's going to happen in the marketplace moving forward and whether the demand's going to be there, whether competition's going to increase, etc. So having that flexibility in your business model, in, in, in your budget is really important. I think, you know, Finn mentioned the fact that search terms are changing. Um, you mentioned that 73% of, of searches involve new terms. I think... You've got to therefore understand search query results, but you've also then got to understand the technology that can support you with that. So broad match modifier, RSAs, et cetera. They're going to be the areas that really allow you to ink out that incremental development and be ensuring that you're going after those in a, in a frankly, a, a logical, sensible way that doesn't consume all of your time because trying to do it manually is just not the way to do it. Um, four would be, you know, making sure that you, you are rolling out those broad match analysis uh, to uh, allow to capture that demand. So important. Um, you know, trying to do it on a manual basis just frankly isn't isn't sustainable um, with the amount of data, the amount of information that you're trying to understand. 
So do be understanding. You know, Tom mentioned about some of the tests that we've run um, and, and experiments um, within the platform. Great way to do it. I think, as Finn said, though, is is consider when you're running those experiments because you probably are running out of time and you don't want to be running experiments right in the middle of, of, of this key period. And then finally, we talked about it in terms of, you know, guardrails. We've talked about it in terms of business parameters, but really do understand sort of what what infrastructure you're working in within your organization and then be thinking about the technology and the different techniques that you can utilize. I think one of the things that we'll often see is people trying to do it the other way around. So they'll think about the technology that you can utilize and then be thinking about the business objectives. And the reality is that's not how um, sort of any of these new products are set up. They're set up to be very much goal oriented, to be parameter focused. So you almost, you give them the scope and the scale of what you're trying to achieve. And then these automated features, the AI, et cetera, optimizes towards those. So I think that having a really crystal clear understanding of that going into this period is absolutely essential. And, and not just in this period, uh, but beyond this period. I'd like to say um, I've really enjoyed today's discussion and hopefully you've taken a lot from it. It's been fantastic to hear sort of Google's perspective on this from Finn, which has been great and to get Tom involved. I'd say if anybody wants to speak to, to MediaWorks about any future opportunities or potential developments um, going into this period and beyond, then please do. If you'd like us to run an audit of your search and shopping campaigns, we can absolutely do that. Contact us at info at mediaworks.co.uk. Um, but until future dates, when we see you again, I'd just like to finish by saying thank you, everybody, uh, for listening. And we obviously wish you all the best with, with your, this crucial period that's coming up for all retailers. So best of luck. Thank you, everyone.